Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Sidik Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to season three of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to season three of Convert Central. Welcome back to Convert Central. So alhamdulillah, uh, at this point of time, uh, I hope that you know the listeners who are coming onto this podcast have listened to the first two podcasts of our gender series, uh, the podcast that we, we were graced by Ustaz Fadal's Yahya, where we, we talked about the concept of gender in Islam, some of the concepts that it was slightly different from the society's perception of, of Islam, why, why gender doesn't change, when, yeah, even though we, we've had many different generations of people who, who have came and passed, right? And subsequently, we also talked in these two episodes, um, the assignment of roles between uh, men and women and the wisdom behind that. So... Um, we, we wanted really to start the episode off with a good foundation and subsequently uh, this is the part where as a host we get to relax and be more chill and talk, talk to some of our speakers about their perception of, of gender and some of their specific gender heroes like we we're going to talk about uh, some uh, female heroes in Islam today. So alhamdulillah I'm, I'm so happy to be able to uh, invite our guest speaker here today to join us and her name is Sis Janna. So, alhamdulillah, thank you so much, Sis Jana, for coming. And uh, with us today, we also have Sis Dini. Uh, she will be my co-host and we'll be talking to uh, Sis Jana today about her heroes in Islam. Assalamualaikum, everybody. My name is Jana. I reverted to Islam back in 2014. So, that has been about, what, seven years now? Yeah, but that was before I was married. And I think the, the journey has been... I mean, there are so many ups and downs in a, in a, in a reverse journey. Like, um, I think more often than not, I think many people can, can relate to this when I say that there were more challenges than, you know, anything. But I think these challenges were blessings lah, because um, ultimately, this, through these challenges like, and these tests, we, it tests our faith and um, our, steadfast, uh, our steadfastness towards in being on this journey. Mm-hmm. And so far, I think with the support that I've gotten so far, I think it has been it has been really, really illuminating and it's a very powerful journey. Like it's really life changing. Mm. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. 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 And yeah. uh, you know the, the the thing is that we wanted to get you on our podcast for quite some time because we know that uh, as, a, as a convert, right, I think a lot of us, uh, the sisters look up to you. Uh, it's, it's rare to find in Singapore like converts who, who are quite active on, on Instagram, social media, sharing their stories and, and they become like a beacon of inspiration to everybody, including myself, you know, as a Chinese Muslim going on. And, and of course, I took my shahara in 2018 and that was four years after you did. Going on to social media, seeing people like myself, you know, take their shahada and, and looking at their journey really inspires me. So, you know, I think, you know, we've gotten the right person for this podcast where we talked about gender and, and I think you've also explored a little bit of these topics on, on your Instagram itself. So, subhanAllah, you know, let's, let's start then, right? Um, when it comes to gender, and today we're going to focus on some of the female figures in, in, in Islam so that we can, inshallah, increase our love and respect for these people and also to, to show some of the people listening on the podcast that indeed in Islam, we also honor women, correct? So, yeah. uh, maybe you could start with your perception of gender roles in Islam. How do you kind of see uh, the kind of roles and, and, and responsibilities that women play in Islam? So, last time, what my, my, my perception was really just uh, about the culture, you know, like I would mix culture and Islam like and religion together. Like I thought that they were interchangeable and like, you know, I didn't know what the true Islam was. 
until I read the Quran and then I realized that there were so many rights to women, like way more than I could have ever imagined, way more liberal, you know, like in a sense than mm-hmm. the liberal feminists these days. Mm-hmm. So like it's so much our to, to, to learn and to know that this like Muslim women, they were accorded rights like so many centuries back. Back then when like um, pre-Islam Arabia, they were like somewhat barbaric, you know, like they totally didn't give any rights to women at all. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they promoted um, female infanticide and, yeah. and what. So at a point of time for women to be given rights through a religion, through, through Islam, it's revolutionary. Yeah. Right. Well, talking about it gives me goosebumps. So that, that was my initial um, thought when I first read the Quran. Like, hey, wow, this is something that I totally did not expect myself to read in the Quran. This is something that I did not expect myself to even learn, you know, about this religion. Because to be honest, when I first read the Quran, I was trying to find flaws. Mm-hmm. It was... I read it out of curiosity. I had so many, so many superficial questions about, about Islam. Um, but alhamdulillah, after reading the Quran, then um, I got all the answers that I need, that I needed and more. And that was when my perception of um, rights of women in general changed, you know, because I think Islam gave me this like really whole new perspective that mm-hmm. like women should not be objectified or like like we have such a high status like mothers we have so many responsibilities you know, as a Muslim woman you know in mm-hmm. the first place but then the kind of rewards and the kind of uh, status and ranks that 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 we've been accorded when we fulfill these responsibilities is just so much of law yeah so I think. That was one of like the life changing factors for me as well, mm-hmm. learning about yeah the rights of women in Islam. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for sharing. I think for <laughs> myself as a, I was talking to you just now right, and before we started the podcast, that as a non-Muslim male who came into Islam, my my whole life just like got a re- total revamp. You know, looking at how we should be treating women, and it, it, it was it was such a big change because. Uh, we, we are going from, you know, uh, we, we are, I was waiting to be 18 so I could, we could hit the club and, and we, you know, we could finally live the life we wanted to, you know, uh, whatever we think we wanted at the point of time at 18 years old. And then, and then coming to Islam and you start to see that Islam says no and not to this kind of life, not because it's restrictive, but because of a better wisdom, right? Of a better yeah. wisdom of, of why women should be treated as such. And, and then at first, like for myself, I was quite kind of rebellious. I was not really accepting of, of the, the, the kind of rights that Islam has accorded to me. I was like, why is this so, so like important like, to, to you guys? Right? I was always asked, like, why, why is this so important to you guys? Why do you guys have to give so much right to women? But after a while, as you start to learn more about Islam, it, it kind of grows on you and you start to realize that these kind of things are needed. And then you start to realize that um, Islam shows you how important women are so that you can treat them better. So many narrations of the Prophet. So as a male myself, I think learning about Islam allowed me to I'm the only male at home. Uh, I have a mom, I have a sister, I have a grandma. And, and, and not, inshallah, maybe not a wife yet, but I have almost all the roles of the family at my home, right? And, and learning about uh, how, you know, honorable the women is really allowed me to treat them better, allowed me to see them in a better light as well in Islam, subhanAllah. So, so that, that was my experience. But of course, you know, in, in a discussion of women here today, I'm, I'm a bystander. So I'm going to pass my time to Dini today, who's going to share about her experience as well, inshallah, and ask the next question. Assalamualaikum everyone. Assalamualaikum to you, sister. Now, I'm just gonna say, like Sidik said, I am such a 
big fan. <laughs> You're really such an inspiration to me and my friends. Mashallah. Um, <laughs> we're so amazed by all that you're doing on social media. Subhanallah, really. May Allah bless you. <laughs> um, it's Yes, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Uh, thank you so much for the beneficial sharing, mashallah. I think it's so nice that you mentioned how when you read the Quran, right, you discovered how Muslim women were accorded rights uh, so many centuries back, right? And I think sometimes when we discuss like uh, female rights or equality between the genders in Islam, uh, sometimes we really confuse between tradition and religion. And you're absolutely right, like to point out that we actually don't need to look very far for the answers. Like we don't need to have so many heated discussions. Uh, we just really need to go back to the Quran and inshallah, it will answer all the questions that we have. Um, so on that note, right, um, can we ask, who is a female figure in your sirah who has inspired you or who has been affected in your conversion? And what have you learned from her, inshallah? I think it definitely has to be read um, Khadija. Yeah, right? Because, I mean, like, even before um, I reverted to Islam, I've already heard of her name. And I know that, okay, like, she was the prophet's wife. But, like, so what about her, you know? And then you learn about all these amazing things that she was even before she met the prophet. And then the, the even more amazing things that um, she, she did after she became the prophet's wife. Like, it's just so... Inspirational is just too, too small a word to describe that, you know? Because I think... The thing that I liked most about her was that she was courageous, you know, like she was a businesswoman in her own right already, like way before she met Prophet Muhammad. She was way above his, um, like his age group, right? He was 25 and she was like 40 when she proposed uh, when they got married. And they had like a monogamous marriage for like 25 years where she was just, just his his soul and ardent supporter for so many decades, you know, like with him. And even though nobody believed in him at the point of time, and like she was the one who was supporting him throughout, not just giving moral support, but even financial support, you know. So she was actually a very strong woman. Like woman, she didn't have to do all of those, but she chose to. Her decisions were what made her such an amazing woman. And after all of that, she's even um like you know freed Muslim slaves. She fed the Muslim community. Like she was just this woman with like very a woman with a very, very big heart. And I think the the best thing that I liked about her was that she was the first revert to Islam. And that was something that I really liked and um look up to. Because her faith was unwavering, you know. Yeah, because for me, I have so many different examples of of um, how Islam is supposed to be like. The Quran was already written for so long already. Yeah, but for her, at that point of time, Islam was just like a baby religion. It just started, like Prophet Muhammad um, only just heard the first revelation in the, in the cave. Anyone could have called him crazy, but she didn't. So I guess I could go on and on about her, but I, we all know how amazing she was. Yeah. So she is like the one most inspirational um, female figure for me in Islam. MashaAllah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I think you were right to point out that like one of my favorite things about Satya Khadija was how she was such a successful businesswoman. And then sometimes you hear misconceptions about how women need to act in Islam, like they have to be submissive, they have to, do, to be domesticated. Sometimes I've heard like, oh, they're not even allowed to leave the house, mashaAllah. But we yeah. have this female figure who we term to be the mother of believers and she was out there creating such a successful like uh, business, right? So we know like those are just misconceptions, mashaAllah. Yeah. Uh, right. 
Um, thank you, Dini. Thank you, Sisjana, for sharing. So I think the vision behind this episode is really to share, you know, that, that there are many figures in Islam that we can look up to. There is no shortage of people to look up to as a male. There's also no shortage of people to look up to as a female. And, yes. and it's amazing, you know, the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honoured these people. We, we think that to be honoured through history, right, we have to be either very rich, very powerful, or have a lot of influence. But and, and I think Khadija had, had all of this. But the way that she was honored in the Quran was not uh, that she was rich. You know, the way that she was, she was honored in the Quran was that she, she had so much faith in, 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 in Rasulullah Sallallahu She had so much love for him. The way that she was honored by the speech of the Prophet Sallallahu even though she was not alive anymore, you know, it was the way that she supported him. So sometimes um, we, we look at these figures and, and we think that as a woman or as, as a person to leave our mark, um, we have to be all this. But Islam gives another kind of model for us to follow, correct? Yeah. And, and as you guys are talking about your favorite stories about Khadija, I'd like to talk about mine. I went for Umrah in 2019 and I went to uh, Jabal Nur, I think. So it, 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 was, it was a cave that, that uh, Prophet Sallallahu would always go there to, to in solitary confinement and he would always reflect and, and think and everything. And, and we, we were climbing up that, that cave. It took us about 30 minutes to go up. It was so hot and, and there was tests, you know, and... Our, some of us were still falling down because the steps were, were pretty steep. And when we reached the top, I realized that this was the exact same uh, mountain or hill that, that Sayyidina Khadija had to climb uh, to give Rasulullah his food. And, and she had to climb that without stairs. And she had to climb through the rocky formations. And, and at a point of time, she was pregnant. So she would go up every day and on, on her fall, on her fall to, to get up to where Prophet was, give him food and then come down. And, and that was the kind of love that she had for him. And, and the Quran honors that by, by you know, Rasulullah was, was given a revelation and he, he was so afraid that he was, you know, being disturbed by something that was not good. He ran back home and he ran into the arms of Khadija. He said, cover me with a blanket. And then she covered her, him with the blanket. And Quran also honors us by saying that, uh, oh, you who is covered in the blanket. And, and in another narration that she, on one of the days she came up to the hill again. And Allah says, Ayah Rasul, please send my salam to, to, to Khadija. Subhanallah. And, and to the extent where, you know, your deeds and we, we, in which we think is small, right? Her love for her husband is, is the kind of um, bridge for her to get the salam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So amazing. And, and that, that, that was something that, you know, when I, when I hear, I was like, subhanallah, you know, yeah. the that we had, uh, you know, in, in the time of the Prophet or something else, subhanallah, something else. Definitely. Even now, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I, I guess, I guess for, for you, sis, um, for, for you, when you learn about Big figures, right? I, I'm, I'm sure there are, there are others like Sayyidina Aisha, Sayyidina Hafsa, and, and even after that, Sayyidina uh, Rabi'atu Adawiyah. Um, how, how would you, how would it make you feel, you know? Do you feel empowered as a, as a woman then when you learn about these figures? Definitely. I mean, sad, sadly, <laughs> it's sad to say that they make me feel more empowered than me looking at people these days. You mm. know? Um, because I believe... Throughout the many decades, I, I feel like many people's brand of Islam somewhat changed. But when we always look back and um, at all these figures, back then, you go back to basics and know like at this point of time when life actually wasn't easy, these people, these mashallah people, they were outstanding figures, not because of like yeah. what you said, because of their wealth or their power, but it was because of their deeds, their characters. Mm. And... I think Islam has made it so simple for us. Like these are the people that you look up to. Um, 
like our set of rules are very simple. Like you just follow this and inshallah you'll be fine. And I take comfort in that. Mm. You know, mm. you know, like the, the rules in this society are ever changing. Yeah. Right. But then when you look back at all these like models and the figures of Islam and you wonder like what did they do? You know, mm-hmm. read back hadith, what what did Rasulullah do? Yeah. Uh, what did Khadija do, you know? And I think it gives you a very clear perspective on what you are supposed to do in your life. Yeah. Even though um, like there are different tests thrown your way, mm. um, they are the best people for you to look up to, to follow the straight path. Mm-hmm. I think you might relate to, to this as well. For myself, when I came into Islam, I didn't have to don a hijab. I only had to cover my aura until my knees and my navels, right? But I still feel like I was going to be marginalized just because I was a Muslim now. And I think for like for women, uh, it's even a bigger leap of faith because then as after you become Muslim, then eventually you know that you will be expected to don the hijab. And eventually, outwardly, you'll be, you'll be practicing and, and your values will change, right? Different from how women would, would, would seek success and influence for themselves in society, different from what the traditional successful woman would be, right? And, and, and now Islam says um, characters, values and all. And... It's so different, right? When, when actually, I was afraid when I, when I first, you know, um, reflected on this. But after I, you know, started living that lifestyle, after I hear, heard stories and stories again of these people, you, you start to realize that it's so comforting. It's so comforting to know that you're on that same path with them. Inshallah, maybe you would uh, reach that same endpoint as them, inshallah. And I think these stories really keep us going. So as a convert, it really helped me so much. Uh, and. <laughs> You're right, exactly. And, and the biggest point of difference is that how, how women is treated in today's society and how women should actually be treated uh, by the Prophet and, and the kind of values that they carry themselves, right? Um, the more that they covered up, the, the more honorable they will be, the more respected they will be. But, but in today's world, it's, it's, it kind of seems like it's the opposite that's happening. Yeah. So exactly as you said, right? And, and as women now, we, we have to look at um, what um, our religion teaches us. We have to look at the moderate path. Not too extremes. We don't we don't go too extreme in covering up as well. We don't go too extreme in in in, in not dressing enough. And we, we go into the straight path, the middle path. And inshallah, um, and this this journey will definitely be eased by you know very sweet stories along the way. So yeah. that, that was inshallah, you know, that, that, that was just me pulling from my experience as a convert. But yes, Dini, please um share with us your thoughts. Thank you, Sude. I think, uh, since Jana, you were right to mention how, like, nowadays, um, I, I sometimes find myself getting very disappointed by how the religion has been, um, I think, mis- like, th- there's a lot of misunderstandings about the religion nowadays, right? And sometimes I find myself um, being very disappointed by how women are treated, being very disappointed by how creations are, are misconstruing what our beautiful religion is. And, you know, like you, you, the both of you mentioned, I think it's very comforting to go back to these stories. Um, a little bit sad, actually, sometimes, because you hear about how yeah. our Prophet uh, Salam, and his Sahaba like, they really fought so hard to bring this religion to us. And we now have the religion, right? Um, and you see how he really fought so hard to bring like the Arabs out of it, uh, really bad place, the, the Zaman Jahiliya right there now, uh, we are almost back there. Um, but like you said, I think these stories give me comfort because um, like Siddiq mentioned, we are on, inshallah, we are on that path together with them. And, um, you know, it's okay. This is, I think Rasulullah mentioned once that there will be, there will come a time where holding on to your religion is like holding on to a very hot piece of charcoal. And maybe we're already in those days, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but it's okay, inshallah, Allah will ease our face. Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Oh, you have yeah. some thoughts. Okay, please share your thoughts. Please, Jana. Inshallah. <laughs> I think I just have one more thing to say about that. I think 
um, earlier on I mentioned about you know like the liberal feminists mm-hmm. and so I think the lines are ever changing about what it is to be a feminist yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. in today's society yeah. and I think as a Muslim woman you don't have to bother about all these terms like liberals like progressive and mm. like what are the rights of women or the so-called women today yeah because I think we can always just fall back to fall back on our Quran yeah. fall back on our hadiths like, mm. we just look back at these sources and that is enough for us you know the Quran is complete it's enough mm-hmm. it's enough like the like Rasulullah's words everything that he left is enough for us. Mm-hmm. We do not need to seek more from elsewhere, from his creations, and then confuse ourselves further. You know, sometimes I admit I get carried away. You know, mm-hmm. with all the current uh, current affairs mm-hmm. events that are happening in this world, and I go, oh, you know what? What does it mean to be to be, to be standing up for women's rights? Like, mm-hmm. do you have a, a women's rights uh, activist to to be able to you know like stand up for women or I mean if everyone were to just follow Islam to follow everything that we are being taught just focus on that put our put our energy back to that I think inshallah we will all have a much easier time Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And I, I would, I would um, repeat something that we mentioned in the first two podcasts, right? And in tune with what you said exactly, like right now, this is the time where it's most important for us to come back to our roots. Um, in the past, we, we, we think that like um, it was so easy, much easier to practice Islam and now since everything has changed, we, we, we just go with the flow, right? But now, in fact, it's the, it's the time where we need to practice Islam in its originality the most because we don't have institutions helping us to do so anymore. We don't have rules and laws to, to, to teach us how to, to treat women anymore. We don't have uh, people that will come after us and, 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 and admonish us when we don't treat women properly. So now as a community, as, as the normal people, this is a time where we, we have to uphold these values ourselves. If not, they will be totally gone. They, they, will, be really, they will be washed away in, in a few generations' time. If we don't practice it ourselves now, then, then who is going to do so? There, there, no one is helping us to do so. This, so this is the time where it's most important for us to learn it and practice it ourselves. Right? And, yeah. and hopefully this can be the first step to, to doing so, inshallah. And, inshallah. Inshallah, right. And and of course, um, because in Commerce Central, we have so many good speakers like yourself and, and so many people that come on. I would like to also end the podcast right now by, by just saying something that, that Ustaz has mentioned when we had our marriage podcast. If you want to have a, a husband like Rasulullah, then you must make sure that you are a wife like Aisha or Khadija or, or Hafsa. You know, so we have to we have to first you know uh focus on making ourselves good partners. Then we can expect to marry somebody like Rasulullah and, yeah, and for the guys as well. So Subhanallah, thank you so much for for joining us for this discussion today. Uh, it's thank been you so such a pleasure. Yeah, it's it a is. pleasure, Subhanallah. <laughs> All right, okay, and we'll end this podcast um by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Asr. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika ashhadu alla ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubi ilaik. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wala asr innal insana lafi khus illa ladhina amanu wa amilu salihati wa tawasaw bilhaqi wa tawasaw bisabr. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.